If you're listening with your ears, what you're about to hear is a podcast that's starting very soon. I hope you don't confuse it because currently this music is the theme to a podcast. So that explains this tune. This is a podcast and this is the theme song to the podcast called This is a Podcast. 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 That's a microphone. This is a podcast. I'm Thomas Alley. And I'm Jonathan Rodriguez. Misery, as they say, loves company. You know, I'm in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. I Oh, God, fucking. I still refuse to listen to the MGK cut. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Because why? I want to know. It's like, remember when Tom Brady kissed his son on the lips? No. You don't remember that? Bro, you didn't see that? He kissed it. No. Bro, you didn't. Oh, my God. There was a whole thing. So, oh my God, hold on. I got to look this up so I can send you a video. Kisses. I'm just going to Google Tom Brady making out with son. Yeah. So in in 2018, I think it was um, there uh, or something like within the last couple of years, they put out a documentary or Tom put out a documentary called Tom versus time because it's about him being the oldest quarterback in the NFL, but still being as successful on the level of success that he's been. Okay. And in the documentary, he's like, getting a massage from like his masseuse to like loosen up his limbs and his son comes in and asks him for something and he says yeah and he's basically like wait where are you going give me some sugar <laughs> basically and he his sounds son like an up. old black grandmother no, no 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 he said this to his son okay and then his son walks over and kisses him on the lips remember when titus o'neill did it in the wwe yeah it was like that except it was an 11 year old boy and his 40 something year old son and father and it like went viral and i'm sitting here like thinking about it after it happened and i'm just like this was a documentary shot by tom brady and his camp he wanted people to see this yeah like yeah you may if i'm tom brady's friend like listen tom brady as much as i don't like tom brady and i don't like tom brady for the same reason everyone doesn't like tom brady because he's so good at what he does like you can't not hate someone who is the best at something because fuck that person for getting all the ability in the world like why couldn't i be a quarterback because i didn't practice because i didn't train because i didn't make an attempt to do it that shouldn't matter seems like all things within the realm of your responsibility but we'll ignore that it's it's the universe Yeah, yeah all right tom brady took all of the good quarterbacking genes so, but if I'm in Tom's, Tom Brady's camp, when that happens, like after they shoot that, I'm like, yo, Tom, Tom, hear me out. Just You slip a little tongue in there. <laughs> Be honest with me, Tom. <laughs> Be upfront with me, Tom. <laughs> Your son to get kisser? No, I'd be like, you should probably cut that. Yeah. Like you and should stop that. doing that in like, general. <laughs> like, listen, like I get it. Everyone shows their children affection in different ways. And I don't mean this in like a molesty, molesty way. We, we keep that for the Catholic church, but <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. We got to get on, one Thomas, on. You're going too far though. We shouldn't be making fun <laughs> of the Catholic church. They're, right. they're decent they, people. They, they do enough of insulting themselves as it is. Oh, um, but like that, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 cause I look at it and I'm like, okay, maybe it's like a different culture thing, but I'm like, nah, I'm white. He white. We didn't do that growing up. <laughs> you didn't? Like, no. Like my father was lucky to get a hug out of me. You didn't, you didn't have makeout sessions before the meatloaf was put on the table. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you like, want a second serving, come give me some <laughs> tongue, Tom. <laughs> give me some sugar, sweetie. <laughs> like, no, to me, 
it, it never it never dawned on me because to me at least and maybe you can agree with this i don't know but like the lip kiss is an in, is intimacy right because like a peck on the cheek we it, this is social construct right these are things that like society has established yeah the kiss on the cheek the hug those can be inherently the hugs you can feel when a hug is platonic uh-huh. or familial when it comes to kisses like a kiss on the cheek is platonic or familial i think the platonic kiss on the cheek is like the cheek to cheek kiss on the cheek yeah where like you don't plant one on the cheek you go cheek to cheek and make the sound that's uh-huh. the platonic kiss on the cheek the familial kiss on the cheek is a kiss on the cheek Mwah, right on the cheek that's one fine. time one time my, one of my mom's friends were over when i was a kid Tongue and i did down. that cheek to cheek thing yeah and she was like that's not a real kiss and i'm like Lady, go she, get some. She grabbed your face and just pulled you in. <laughs> a real deep, passionate. Mm, I still remember that boner to this day. <laughs> God damn it. It was my first. It wasn't my last. <laughs> but like, so even that, right? So a peck on the lips can be platonic. Like I've had platonic pecks on the lips. I've had platonic makeouts, to be fair. Yeah. Like I've I've had friends that I make out with. Like there's no sexual energy between us. But we're like at a bar, we're drinking, we want to make out, we make out. But I don't know. I think one, it's the fact that it's his son. Two, it's the fact that he's an eleven-year-old. That really, like at the time, really drove it home that this was odd. From the moment you come out of the womb, the only way you should show affection to people is by dapping them up. I just thought then we should just like bring the dab back. No, no, no. Like I think, ima- imagine if the <laughs> hear me out. It's like it's 2017. The dab is so popular. But, like, imagine if the dab overtook the handshake as the greeting. Oh, God. Like, we fast forward five years, and you go in for a job interview, and it's like, hello, I'm Thomas Alley. Nice to meet you, sir. I'd be a serial killer. If the dab did that. Yeah, 100%. I I think I'd lose faith in humanity, but also I would just go along with it, because my job is the internet, Jonathan. Yeah. So I would just be, I gotta follow the trends. I would try to dismantle humanity by killing every single person in it. I don't think that's possible you versus 7.5 billion people me you have to find all of them first but they're not hard to find you just walk outside there's people what is okay what is the weirdest if you have one familial interaction besides the that's not a real kiss (laughs) i'm trying to think i think that there's there's definitely one that's like scarred me it's not i I don't know if it was weird per se but like you come from an affectionate family yeah to a degree you all kind of hate each other yeah it's it's fake affection yeah the facade of affection is there we didn't we didn't even have the facade of affection growing up we just all hated each other and what's weird is like my family is very fake affectionate and i'm not i don't show affection you only the the only way when you say affectionate things i know it's real because you never fake it hey thank you because like like i only fake it in the bedroom be- yeah that i know too when when we were because <laughs> we were talking and you can i'll cut this if you don't if it's too too much showing too much of your emotional side but we oh, were talking no, he's a real person <laughs> we were talking a few weeks ago and like we were either gaming or just on the phone chit chatting and you were like don't make it weird thomas but i get if i ever get married i want you to be my best man and when you said that i was like okay he's being real with me right now yeah like he's being honest because he a he said a nice thing and B, he said an emotional thing and something that it's weird because in my head, I'm like, that would that is something that would matter to you. And I don't know why in my head that correlates <laughs> as that specific thing is something that matters to you. But I, I think, like you said, it's because you don't share often 
where I'm the inverse. I'm a complete oversharer. Yeah. Because I just, to me, I, I know I, what my, your morning bowels look like every day. Yeah, yeah. When they're like really sputtered, like you just get a picture of a brown water bowl. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a beige bowl with corn. Um, it like, just looks like cocoa puffs and mushed in milk. <laughs> when you let it sit for a little too long, <laughs> the last like three or four pieces. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm sorry I cut you off with your story, but like I think that comes from our backgrounds where like in my family, we didn't we didn't have the facade of emotion. Yeah. So I look to put and I, and I tell people this because I've learned in my almost 30 years of life that that impacts people like being an oversharer like that can impact people in negative ways. So I've had to kind of before I go on a spiel of oversharing, I'm like, hey, you got like three hours so I can just ramble real quick. And people be like, yeah, sure. And at the end of it, they're just like, holy fuck, he really meant he was going to talk for three <laughs> consecutive hours. Okay, yeah. what, what was what's the weirdest like? Even even before that, I'll, I'll also say like what's weird with my family is uh is is they're very fake affectionate and they don't like that I am not affectionate because even and, and like, they, they to, want the facade of affection yeah it's okay. it's weird to me because like i'll call them out like they'd rather the you thing. lie huh they, they'd rather you lie to them than yeah. be honest about how you feel okay. and and my my family my family pretty much just doesn't like me because i always call it like it is now like it's pretty much the, the way i've become i call it like it is yeah i'll never forget one time uh like it was like i was like really depressed and i'd let my hair grow like really bad and my grandmother came up to me and she's just like you need to you need to cut your hair or something. She she made some like soup stupid remark to me, and I just said, "Grandma, where's your teeth?" <laughs> and she was so upset. She told my aunt. My aunt came to me. She's like, "Why would you do that?" And I'm just like, "If you don't like it, why are you dishing it out?" Yeah. And then my aunt was just like, "You know, it's kind of true." That's, <laughs> that's and that's the thing where like there's my family is like that where there's the expectation of respect strictly because of who you are, yeah. right? There's that my mom is like, well, I'm your mother. Respect me. And I'm just like, nah, like I, I'm I'm even leveled. And I and I get it like for like the 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 people who like practice a religion, they'll be like, honor thy mother and father. And I'm like, first of all, if you know what the shit my father has done in his lifetime and why we don't speak, you wouldn't tell me be honoring my father. Secondly, yeah. like if you knew the shit my mother put me through, you wouldn't be telling me to honor my mother. Like, just because you are an adult and just there is a monochrome of respect you'll get from me because of, of someone who might be older than me at, at, out of just how I was raised. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to clap, I'm going to clap right back. Yeah. You start at the basis of giving people respect, knowing that they can take that away. You yeah, know, it, it, when I was dating Christy um, years ago, for anyone who doesn't know who Christy is, I don't know. I, I probably mentioned her over the past fucking 60 something episodes, but the original run of this is a podcast. That was my ex-girlfriend. We, we co-hosted this show together and we call that season one. Now the dark times. And <laughs> so we, her, her and I had a very tumultuous relationship. It was, it was a loving relationship. Don't get me wrong. Like we didn't fight a lot. We didn't get into it a lot, but it was also kind of mid. It was even keeled. It was just a lot of nothing happening. Did you just call your relationship mid? My relationship was mid. <laughs> and I just want to make sure I heard that right. I wasn't imagining that. <laughs> like we, we didn't fight. We didn't like go at each other's throats or anything, but it was also because of that. It was devoid of emotion in a way. Like we, there was no like fighting, which like you don't want to fight. 
but also fighting shows you care to a degree. I'm not talking about like throwing hands. Yeah, but just like, cutting. Yeah, like just like Couple murdering each shots. other. Yeah, just like going at it. One time I threw a porcelain dog across the house, not at her, just in a fit of rage. Like okay. I got off the phone with her and got angry and I had this little porcelain Halloween dog decoration on my coffee table. And I just yeah. picked it up and flung it across the fucking house because I was pissed off. That was before I was on mood stabilizers. Now we're okay. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, but I've thrown her- dead bodies across rooms, but nothing to that degree. Listen, all right, we don't call your sock full of cum dead bodies. Jonathan. I mean, they are dead. <laughs> they're not bodies, all right? That's, that's that, that, that rides the abortion wave, Jonathan. I don't know if you want to get into that gray no, area No, no, there's right bodies in the sock. They just oh. also have my dry cum on them. Oh, it's a real big, like a yeah. giant Christmas stock. It's a huge sock, bro. Um, um, and so her family was very... They didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... For a few reasons, like I had gotten into this thing with her cousin once and like, here's the thing, like you said, if you can't don't dish it, if you can't handle it. So yeah. it was me, her cousin and like two of their friends, me and Christy had been dating a couple months at this point. And we're all at this like Spanish bar drinking, having fun, eating food. And her cousin said something sideways to me. And I had clapped back with the fact that her cousin sleeps with a lot of guys, but then okay. complain and complains that she can't find love. And everyone got quiet. Like everyone got really quiet. It got awkward for a minute and they carried on. And I would find out like six months later, you remember this, like six months later, I'd find out that like her family, the cousin told the rest of the family that I said that they all got angry that I disrespected her and like started like icing me out and telling Christy that I shouldn't be dating. She shouldn't be dating me because of how I acted. And I sat back one day. And like we all had this big family meeting where like because it was a brother-in-law primarily, this guy named Henny, big heavyset Dominican dude. His name was Henny. Henny, H-E-N-N-Y. That dude's yes. gonna end up in prison. <laughs> and so he's the one primarily who like iced me out, would say nothing to me, would not talk to me, acknowledge me, or anything. Okay. And like we're having this big thing, and he's like, Well, Thomas was and like, cause they were really like, you can't treat him like that. Like, that's Christie's boyfriend. They at this point we'd been together like two years. And he, she was like, oh, so he can disrespect the family and I'm the one who's getting bombarded. This guy doesn't know how to act in a relationship. And I said, just one minute, please. Because like all of this Christie siblings were like the ones who were ragging on me. The exception being her oldest sibling, Katie, who like was just like, they're young. They're in their early 20s. Like they say dumb shit. Like if she loves him, what's the problem? But it was like her sister, her brother and the brother-in-law. So I sat there one day and I'm just like, I don't have to take advice from Henny and Nellie, who are uh, sister and brother-in-law, where you have a baby from another man, you have a baby from another woman, y'all cheated on each other's spouses and then got together. Your husband, your ex-husband cheated on you beforehand because he couldn't deal with your nagging ass shit. And then your brother, who got his mistress pregnant while he was still with his wife and has a baby from his high school girlfriend before that, has a grown-ass 17-year-old. And all of you are trying to tell me how to run a relationship. How much of that did you actually say? I said about 90% of it. Okay. Because I had gotten like up to there with it because I got tired of fucking everyone riding my dick about this. Uh-huh. Like it made no sense that there are this group of people who are just like have the unmitigated gall to judge my relationship, which up until that point, like this is before we got into the dark times of that relationship. Like our relationship was happy. Mm-hmm. And we were happy with each other and liked spending time together, but they were inhibiting our ability to do that. And I'm like, none of you have that right to do this. And I'm like, I'll make it easy for everyone. I just won't come by anymore. Like, she'll come over to my house. 
me and her go out to dinner and we'll get a hotel room. Like we're grown ass adults and we weren't allowed to sleep in the same bed when I went over to, to stay with her. Oh God. I, I had to sleep on the couch and she slept in her room. What the hell? And I'm just like, yo, we're How grown old were you at that point in our early twenties, 22, 23. Jesus. So I'm just like, if this is how y'all going to act, that's fine. But I'm just not going to come here. And like, I'll just do this shit. To, basically, I'm like, I'll do this shit to your daughter. I do to her, just not under yeah. your roof. And she's still going to come home with like my come inside of her. So like you deal with that, how you wish to deal with that. Are they going to fish it out of her? <laughs> yes, that's how they did it back then. They would take a turkey baster <laughs> and just. And Give me that real quick. <laughs> they do some brujera and shit like that. You got to make sure that, that they can't find it again. So you just swallow it yourself. I just pull it out and I right down my own throat. I'm like, what? It's my kids. This is this is not as bad as Tom kissing his son, all right? I'm swallowing my kids. I'm not kissing them. Yeah. It's it's I just I never under understood you know, that. I, I was I was reading this thing this girl put and she was just like she loves it when when a dude's like uh it's like something on Twitter. Okay, I'm just, this girl, like I know who the fuck yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, some random girl. She put something on Twitter that she loves when dudes like come inside of her and then go down on her after. And I'm just like, I don't think I've ever been that hungry. <laughs> like, that's okay. There's a thing called snowballing. Yeah. Like, would you do that? Like, okay. Imagine, imagine. All right. Coming fantasy. in a girl's mouth and then having her yeah, put it like, in my um, mouth. Like, like, if she spits it back in your mouth, like during a kiss. Like, how much do you, because I mean, this is not to say, like, hey, violate your boundaries. But, like, if you say, sure, like, I'm down for it, like, that's not a violation. Like, of your I, I could just go make some French toast. I don't need <laughs> I that. Can, I don't need to get cum in my own mouth. Yeah. I, can, I can make breakfast. Yeah. I can go see a movie. I would, I can, look, I'll say, I'll say this much. I wouldn't forcibly put my cum in her mouth if she was <laughs> just like, she doesn't want it there. I mean, like, you just, Toss right, it but, on the floor oh, yeah. a little bit. But, like, but what? What's? How much do you have to? What? What's the line? Like, what's the thing? You're, you're. Let's say you're dating someone three years. Maybe you're living together. You're madly in love with this person. Everything clicks on every fundamental level you can imagine. Uh -huh. It's perfect. And then, like three years into, she's just like, "Yeah, I read. I was watching this movie called Clerks, and they talked about this thing called snowballing." And she's like, "I think it'd be pretty hot." Like, like. But she's like deal breaker. Yeah. Like it this needs like everything is perfect. You you don't feel like you'll ever find this love again. Okay. Do you do it? Well, I would beat around the bush as much as possible. So like I'd go buy those snowball cakes first, give it to her. <laughs> I I'd wait till it snows take, and take just a bite, a kiss me. <laughs> yeah. Wait till it snows, chuck a snowball at her face, like until she is very direct with what she wants. She's like, take your penis, ejaculate yeah. in my mouth. Then take my face, put your lips against my lips. I will swish it into your mouth. Yeah. And then you swallow it. I, I think at that point, the only thing that would go through my mind is this girl is a lot more freaky than I thought she was. <laughs> We've been doing missionary yeah. for three and years, I, not I, even I looking think, each other in the eyes while we're doing it. I think, look, I, I think at that point, I'm just like, all right, if this person is perfect for me, that's one thing. I'm not going to be able to meet or satiate that need, right? So I'm just like, uh, I think I'd bow out. And I'm just like, yo, go find your snowballer, you know? Okay. Now, see, this is an interesting question then. So you say if you're not able to satisfy the need. So let's say, so you you understand the concepts of polyamory and open relationships. Mm -hmm. They're all they're all very, right? Polyamory, from my understanding, and I'm sure there's people listening who are polyamorous who are going to be like, that's not right, Thomas, you stupid asshole. Like, yeah, probably not. I'm going based on what I've, 
understood from polyamorous people in my life. Like the base tenements of polyamory as its like top branch on the tree is uh, multiple loving and caring relationships amongst, you know, amongst multiple people. There are different types of polyamory. There's open relationships, which isn't loving relationships necessarily, but you're in a singular loving relationship with emotions and ties and you sleep with other people, but you don't develop emotional connections, et cetera. There's a variety. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have that perfect relationship. And you're just like, mm, snowballing, not my thing. I yeah. don't want to do that. But she's like, I need snowballing in my life, Jonathan. There's okay. nothing more than I've ever wanted than snowballing. Weird flex. <laughs> this, is, this is her hill. I need snowballing. Um, and you're like, well, I can't satisfy that need. But I want you to be happy. Yeah. Are you just like, okay go out and find someone to snowball with. Like, do you sit down, write out rules? Like you do like a list where it's like, all right, like no emotions. You can't you gotta get use mouthwash three times yeah, after like, that. I don't want the remnants in my mouth after you, you I'd rather swallow home. my own semen than some other dude's semen. You come home, you brush your teeth, you throw the toothbrush out, brush them again with a new one. All right. We got that charcoal toothpaste. We're you pull a Megan Fox, hold a lighter to your tongue. Yeah. Like, do you like you make a list of rules where it's like no emotional connection like yeah you can randomly i don't want to know anything about the guy or maybe you do want to know about the guy maybe you want to meet him maybe you want to interview him before the snowballing commences. i, I have no interest in that i think i would bow out 100 percent completely so, i don't okay, I, you, I, I like the traditional approach you know like when men were men when we would work <laughs> trucking jobs we, we came home wood. our wives cooked us dinner and they just dealt with our shit until they got sick and tired of us and ran us over with their, with our own truck that's what i miss in society <laughs> jonathan says misogyny everyone <laughs> cook me my steak and potatoes I mean, and then cry to your mom about yeah, how much you hate your but, marriage but make sure you run over me with the truck you know? yeah that's, what I said. that's yeah. so there's no i can i think about it sometimes and i think I, I i do we both have very different thought process when it comes to like the openness of certain things like i like the prospect of like being in love with a singular person and yeah. like we were going to talk about like our depression over the last couple of weeks um before we got into snowballing and that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happens you know sometimes it's a slippery slope yeah from depression to snowballing like listen sometimes people they they suck dick for crack i snowball to get serotonin <laughs> like it's cars for kids it's snowballing for serotonin i you know i it's weird because like i i know like uh the aspect of like uh polyamory and, and for other people i'm all for it you know like if if you both can come to those happy. terms and agree to it I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't think I'm I'm that open with myself to ever get there. That, that's fair, but like, like not even like a one off. If she's just like one snowball, and then it's out of my system, I'm done, never again. Nah, I I don't I don't think I can do that. Do you? Would you? Are you the? Would you be the type to forgive for a cheat? No, never. No, like, there's no level of like. There's there's no level. As no soon as level. I find out, I'm gone. That's it's 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 surprising. not surprising to me because I get like you've always come across as a very like. There's no coming back when you've crossed the line of disrespect. Yeah, which again is weird for you because you don't show that anger and frustration. You're very passive aggressive. Yeah, and I'm not saying that in a way where it's like a, a a demerit on your personality, but you're you're passive aggressive in as much as you don't care enough that the person knows that you're angry. Like yeah. they don't they don't need to know that you're upset for you to be like, yeah, they'll figure it out that I'm not talking to them when they never hear from me ever again. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't so 
you know what I've been I've been working on. I'll say that I've been working on a what they call a burn letter. I guess it's kind of yeah. like a burn book, except it's a letter. Regina George. Yeah, she's number one. Um, <laughs> um, I'm hoping the person I write about gets hit by a bus at the end too. And, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like I've been writing a burn letter about a person, um, or to a person, not about a person, to a person that like, you know, romantically, emotionally scarred me uh, a little bit and a lot of it. Um, as I was writing the letter, I learned that I, this person fucked me up in psychological yeah. ways that I didn't even understand. Like, I'm going through it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why I haven't been able to, like, hold down any kind of emotional emotional entanglement. Uh-huh. Like, I'm fucking Jada Pinkett. Like, I'm this deep. I haven't held down an entanglement. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to hold down any kind of entanglements like for the better part of like a year and a half because I'm like, oh, this person like worked like worked really hard to get my walls to come down. And it worked. Yeah. Like, which doesn't happen with a lot of people. Like, I am severely emotionally stunted. Like, I don't share. Like, I share I'm an oversharer, but I won't sh- like I say it about TikTok, right? I've said it like last week or last show. Where I on, on on TikTok on the internet, everyone gets ten percent. The podcast maybe gets ten more percent. But like when it comes to relationships, I'm the same way. Like I overshare about the things I'm willing to share. Okay. And like that's a line of delineation to me because like my deep seated emotional wants and needs, I keep my mouth shut about. And that was a thing like me and my therapist before I moved were working on, right? Getting me to be more vocal about my wants, more vocal about my needs, and address me as a priority before other people. And so like this person knocked down my walls, like they were the fucking walls of Jericho, bro. They collapsed like Berlin. And then like, I like I have abandonment issues. I opened about those abandonment issues, about the problems I've had in my life with people who leave without warning and like how like communication is huge for me. Oh yeah, I agree. This, this and that. And then that person just left. Oh man. Like zero warning, zero like, like it was no, I'll, I'm lying. It was hey, I'm going through something. I'll be right back. Don't worry. And never came back. And then never came back. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, like here is my now my walls are back. They're ten feet taller. There's a moat around them, and then there's like a fucking spike strip in front of the moat that's about a mile long. Gotta put so some gotta rubber get... duckies in there too. Well, yeah, there's there's uh, rubber ducks with the alligators. They make They're bath big... time so much fun. You make me so sad sometimes. It's not even hysterical. Like it's just it's hurtful. Really, my so- every time you tell a bad joke, thank you, thank you. It like it pains me because like you're the com- comedic relief. Yeah. If you can't get a good joke out, what are we here? You know they can't all be bangers. Um. So I forgot what my point was. We're talking about that. What were we talking about? Your walls Friday? are much bigger now. So my Your walls penis are- is somehow smaller. Yeah, it retracted into my body. Um, like a turtle into its shell, just like, um, and because of that, you like just gotta I, get circumcised. I already am. Uh, because of that, again, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any skin left to do that to. They would just be decapitating my dick at that point, just <laughs> chopping the head off. Just, I'll do it, bro, for free. No, I'm good. Bro, I, I was watching that show Nip Tuck, and the yeah. kid did his own fucking circumcision. He did one snip with a pair of scissors, oh, and he just picked God. his hand up, and it was covered in blood, and he just oh, passed out. God, um, that he got a freaky circumc- dick now. Don't circumcise yourselves, kids. No, his father's a plastic surgeon. His his father fixed it. 
His dad I had don't to operate. want my father working on my penis. His dad had to operate on his penis. Yeah. To, it's like, damn, this kid, pack it. <laughs> Started kissing him after. How do, you, <laughs> how do you feel if your son got a bigger dick than you? Uh, that's the man of the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> He tell me to take I, out the garbage. I'm taking it out. I don't do nothing. He he I, he pays the bills. He tell me what to do. He fucking his mom at you, that you, point. You know, Thomas, that's gonna be hard. I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, I, I pack some schmeat. I know. I heard. I heard through the grapevine <laughs> that he, you packing. But see, it's one of those things where, like, I have found with dick size. Like, I again in my industry, I see huge dicks. Yeah. So like, it's that comparison is hard. But in like real life, yeah. Apparently, my dick big. Oh yeah, I mean, I w- I would say, porn star dick is definitely unrealistic. Yeah, uh, it's you- weird that like just on this earth there are guys with like dicks that look like that. Bro, though. porn star dick would like kill most women I knew. I know girls. I or knew because they're dead already. Because <laughs> my dick got them. <laughs> um, I know women who do porn who will not work with certain guys because they're just like, yeah, that dick scares me. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame them. It looks like it would hurt, but then they why, call me. Why be in pain? They call me and they're like, I don't want to fuck you either. But like, I do know anyone who's in the middle of you. Just, just rub against the clit a little bit. Dog. Yeah, just like I'm a pillow and they're just humping a pillow to completion. Um, But yeah, I, I, we, we've we've both been in like this place of like, I forgot what got me to the walls. We were talking about something before we got to snowballing. And I completely lost like the track of the thought process. How dare you be this way with me, Jonathan? You're supposed to pay attention and know what I was saying and remind I, I, me. All I remember was I was supposed to tell a weird family story. Yeah, and now, now we're here. And, now we're, and then we, we're talking about family got us on the subject of snowball. <laughs> all right, you tell your weird family story. I'm going to try to realize what emotional point right. I was building to. It, I don't know if it's really weird. I just remember like I was a kid. I was sleeping. And, oh, uh, gosh. Like, Again, my dad, one, my dad came into the room and kissed me on the lips. <laughs> I got Tom Brady, dog. <laughs> I got Tom Brady. Um, it was another one of my mom's friends, and like oh, she had gosh. came over, she had came over, and she was trying to like wake me up to say hello to me. I don't know mm-hmm. why. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and I was like seven. And I remember I looked at her, and she had so much makeup on, and I. Like I, I came straight out of sleep and I looked at her and I just screamed at the top of my lungs. I was just, I thought like, bro, I think I like watch Monsters Inc. and I thought like she was like Sully and I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> I was just like, oh no, Wazowski. <laughs> um, I think there was one time I was. In, you, this is a weird thing that you, a memory you triggered in my head. I was in Blockbuster. This is how long ago this was. Oh, God. I was in the, the, one, the, block- in Ridgewood? the one on Myrtle Avenue. Yeah. I was in the Blockbuster on Myrtle Avenue with my mother. This is, I had to be nine, 10, maybe 11 years old. And it was like right around the time, like one of the Harry, but it had to be the first or second Harry Potter movie because they had like stuffed fluffies, like the three headed dog from the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies. And so I'm walking through, my mom is doing whatever she's doing. And I'm just like looking around at the candy and the video games. And I look to my left and I see what looks like like a like a statue like a like a human statue or like a display and they're holding the fluffy doll so i'm looking at the fluffy doll and then the person turns their head to look at me and i jump and i scream in the middle of the store <laughs> <laughs> and my mom 
<laughs> my mom is like, you okay? I'm like, oh, no, nah, the doll. It scared me. It didn't, I didn't, I thought the person was a statue dog. Jeez. This is a grown, this is a grown woman in like her 70s who was just standing really, really still like Drax in the background of Guardians. I'm and sure she, she felt just, really confident at, after that, that. Now that I think about it, that woman probably dead. Yeah. Like it's like, that's been what? How old am I? Twenty nine. It's been twenty, almost twenty years. That one. Either that, or I'm about to slide in her DM. <laughs> <laughs> you ever think about? You think about that kind of stuff. Like, I watch old TV shows, uh-huh. and then look up the actors and actresses and see if they're still alive, and if they are, how they died. If they aren't, I, how they I died. don't. Does death like linger over you? Like, are I you like if I if I research death, I'm courting it. I have a very, very weird relationship with death. I don't have any fear over it. I think, especially in my writing, sometimes I can romanticize it a little bit, which is probably a bad thing. I think that comes with the depression, though. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. Like I, I like it. I like exploring like the concept of death and kind of the different ideologies behind it more so than like like being alive. You know, I I don't. Death doesn't bother me. Aging bothers me. Okay. Getting older, I don't like the prospect of, because like I don't, I don't want to be in my, I, I don't want to be in my seventies. I just don't want that. Like I sit here, I, I'll be thirty in what in five, and not even in four months, and I'm just like, it's 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 like John that music, the tick tick boom, like thirty and ninety, and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, what have I done? Yeah, going into my thirties, and I like to think that it'll pick up. In my 30s, like, I'll be one of those people who, like, like the Impractical Jokers guys. Like, they got that show, they were all in their mid to late 30s, and then their careers blew up, and now they're living their best life, and they're having fun, and they're doing all this shit. I would like to think that's going to happen. But right now, I'm, like, the old man on social media. I'm 30 on social media trying to and, and trying to make a living at it. I'm 30 in an industry of sex work where, like, it's already hard to be a man in sex work. But now I'm, like, older man in sex work. And mm-hmm. there's like 10 guys who do porn mainstream. Yeah. And like, they're all, them. yeah, they're all long, strong Johnny boy. In, I'm the uh, fluffer. He's in dudes. I all, that, a dick. all that ass or D17 <laughs> catch long, strong Johnny boy. Um, you ever need a, a male co-star to get hard before a scene? Just let me shake some cheeks, dog. I, le- I heard this and this blew me away. And I, it shouldn't have because that's how porn is. But I was hanging out with a friend of mine who does main, uh, not mainstream porn. Uh, but does like OnlyFans work and stuff like that and has collaborated with a bunch of girls and, and, and done a lot of like high profile collaborations. And she was just like, yeah, all that sex is fake. And I'm like, really? And I'm she's just surprised. like, it, it shouldn't have surprised me because I think most of porn is fake. But in my head, I'm like, I refuse to shoot that way. Like I refuse because to, to me, it's it. As a viewer of the content, I can tell when it's fake. Yeah. And it disillusions me when it's fake because you're trying to create this fantasy, right? You're trying to create this world of like these two people are fucking because they can't get enough of each other and they need it from each other. And when it's fake, then I'm just like, oh, like this is kind of boring. This doesn't feel real to me. And one of the things I've been credited with, one of the few things I've been credited with in my sex work is that it seems real. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, it's because it is. Like I work with people who we want to sleep with each other and there is a sexual tension. and like we we want to create this this realistic kind of desire behind the content so the viewer who watches it goes oh this is mm, this is hot this is sexy because it's like real 
And I was just like, it blew me away. It kind of like drew the curtain back. It was like, I saw the wizard and I wasn't Yeah, it's got to be like very choreographed on like a professional level. Yeah, like I don't, I don't shoot with other, like I shoot with other people. I don't shoot with like camera people. What do you mean, bro? I direct all your scenes. Not, yeah, but you're like, like Thomas, on, a little more ass. Spread them cheeks, you're, Thomas. You're just in my ear on the AirPod, and you're like <laughs> watching remotely from one of the cameras. Like I, like the last, the last collaboration I did back was December now, which just seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, we we did like a multi-camera setup, like for one of the scenes. It was like there was three cameras in a kitchen, and I was just like, because we don't have someone to like move around and get the angles. Yeah. So I, I shoot multi-camera setups, and in my brain, like I'm the director. Like in my brain, I'm like, okay, if I put one there, put one there, put one there, I can, you know, fuck her on this angle, fuck her that angle, you know, put her on top of this. She can blow me over here and like, we'll capture all the angles. I'll import all three pieces of footage into my computer and I'll cut between the best shots from every angle. And so because of that, it gives you a freedom to just kind of go. Like, I don't like Alexa, I think just added dick to my shopping list. <laughs> you can never have enough of it. Um, and so, that brings us to our sponsor of this week, Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> this week's edition of This is a Podcast is brought to you by Dick Sporting Goods. Surprisingly, they don't have a dick. Um, we should go to Staples instead. They, like, I, it, to me, it gives us the freedom to be like, all right, like, my, my DSLR shoots 30 minutes at a time. I'm like, all right, we have a half an hour. Like we have a half an hour to have real sex and to enjoy ourselves. And cause I don't like the idea of like, okay, we're going to shoot it this way. All right. We're going to stop here and we're going to, you're going to cut to another angle. So just give me a second to redo the light. Like to me, that seems kills the moment. It kills the moment. Like I want to feel like I'm having real fun sex. Yeah. And I don't know. To me, it just doesn't. And I would never, this is probably why people don't work with me. Cause I'm just like, you have to be attracted to me. And they're like, I'm not, you just have a lot of followers. (laughs) being in video with you do good for my career so i mean a a lot of people though they're just like desensitized to that i'd imagine like the feeling the level of attraction to a co-star maybe they reserve that only for like their personal life yeah i i i I can agree with that sentiment like thinking about like if i was dating let's say hypothetically i'm dating a mainstream porn star like Mm -hmm. i don't want to think that they're sexually attracted to a co-star right because yeah. especially if you're monogamous specifically because then you're just like oh well like you're attracted to that but you're dating me we're vastly different is that what you really want and then the insecurities creep in whereas like if you can put yourself into the mindset of well it's just work it's like me you know if i worked a nine to five like i don't like selling things every day but i pretend to like the customers i pretend to uh, you know think the product is great so i can sell it all day it's the same where they're just like, yeah, I may not want to fuck this. Like, how many like nineteen year old girls show up on a set and they're like, yeah, I'm really eager to fuck this forty seven year old guy. I know, right? Poor like, girls. it's just, it's just, it's a job. Secure like, the bag, like, though. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, if you can make money fucking, make money fucking. It's fun if it's something you want to do. If it's not something you want to do, I don't know. Fucking get a college degree. Go to fucking get get a real job. Get an English degree. I say real job like what I do isn't a real job and what sex workers do isn't a real job. It is a real job. When I say get a real job, I mean like I get to bullshit with my friends and have sex for a living. In my brain, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a real job. This just feels like me hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean by that. I don't think so. There's no one like enforcing rules on you, you know, self-employed. Yeah, I'm my own boss. I get to do what I want to do. Like I get the fortunate of like I moved, you know, a month uh two months ago now almost 
Um, Not really self-employed. You're employed by your penis. If your penis ever went limp on you, you'd have a problem. I mean, that's why I haven't shot anything, Jonathan. I hate to say this, but I really think that this week's sponsor, Blue Chew, could help me out. No. Uh, <laughs> God, uh, we're making so much money this episode. Yeah, we had two sponsors. Woo. <laughs> Imagine if that was that easy. We had two sponsors. We just breezed through them real quick. Blue Chew, bluechew.com slash TIAP. Get yours I'm, now. I'm confident we could do something like that, though. If we knew ahead of time, we could work it in. Yeah, well, that'd be the beauty of it. I If we got sponsors, I wouldn't want it to be like, all right, we got to do a 30-second spot. We got to plan it out. It's got to be like, yeah. you know, Blue Chew is the best thing. Viagra, Cialis, Blue Chew, go right to your door. Discreet packaging. Like, I don't want to do that. I just want to be like talking about dick and be like, yeah, well, it's a good thing my dick never gets soft because this week's sponsor, Blue Chew. I just want some sketchy, like, ads. Like, fucking we're talking and I'm just like, yeah, but hernia remover. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, you got hemorrhoids because, man, oh, man, mine be burning. Good thing you've, I got hemorrhoid HC. You've, you've heard of hemorrhoid cream. Now, here is Dave, a guy who sticks his hand in your asshole and removes those hemorrhoids for you. <laughs> Dave, you can find him under the on-ramp on Route 23. Look for the bright red Mercedes, Dave. Um, So this, the last couple weeks... uh. We've both, I've felt like the world has been slightly against me, or the universe at least. Okay. So I'd got, so I've been here, like I said, coming up on, I, I moved, I moved into this apartment on the 4th of February. I've been here, what'll be two months, uh, which just flew by, which is wild to me. Like April is, I'm here, I'm in this apartment for two months. And so I finally have got, like, I got my stuff. I'm trying to get my routines down pat, trying to, you know, get back into the moods of, like, going to the gym and doing the things that kept my brain sane when I was back home. So I, I rode, ride my bike to the gym one day. I found a nice gym. It's it's, it's what they call an iron gym, right? There's no, no flamboyant. There's no TVs, all right? There's no, like, fucking high-quality. Real high, men. You, real you men. Work come, out and you beat each other off after. Yeah, we go into the showers and it's a jerk circle. Some baby powder for the jerk circle. <laughs> I don't... That would keep everything really dry. Yeah, man. Some people like it that way. I guess. I like a dry hand job. I like I, I like when, when the girls hold sandpaper and they do it. Yeah, you, <laughs> who hurt you? Do you need to talk about the something? Universe do you need to get something out real quick? <laughs> Um, so I ride my bike there and like, I'm feeling good that day. Like the ride wasn't too bad. It was a beautiful day. Like the one thing I will give Texas credit for is the weather is always really nice. I feel like that's going to change going into the summer. Like it's going to be sweltering into the summer, Yeah. but like this time of year, everyone complains that like, Oh, it's like 47 degrees at night, but then it's like 80 degrees during the day. I'm like, that's great. It's cool at night when I'm in bed. Yeah, I don't got to my condition. And like, I guess it's maybe the, what my building is made out of. Because when it's cold, like the coldness gets into the building. I never put on my heat. I never put on my air conditioner. I'm from New York. 47 degrees ain't shit. So, but when it gets to these hot days, because of like the cold air that got trapped in my apartment for a week, I don't got to turn on my air conditioner. I'm not hot in my apartment. It's not until I walk outside. Dude, you look like you're about to pass out though. <sighs> like it's it's really nice weather. So I was like, ah, oh, hop on my bike. You know, I found the nice gym. It's like, you know, it's inexpensive. It's something like, it's like $2 for one day if you wanted to try it out. Oh, nice. And then it was like, you know, 20 bucks for a month. So yeah. and it's all pay cash. There's no like membership cards. You show up, you sign in, they cross-reference you while you're working out. So... 
I go, I sign up and the guy's like, all right, you can work out. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just signing up today. I'll be back, you know, either tomorrow or the day after. I'm just kind of getting everything set up. I just moved here. He goes, all right, cool. No problem. Get on my bike. I start riding home. I'm feeling good. I'm like, yo, this bike ride's been nice, like 10, 15 minutes to the gym. It wasn't killing me like back home. When I try to ride my bike to crunch, it's like half a mile downhill. And then the entire rest of the way, it's like a mile and a half uphill. Run for us, run. Whereas here, like, it's all flat. Like, I can slide in and out of traffic pretty easy. No problem. Drifting on your bike. Basically. So I, I leave the gym and I get about five minutes from it. And, like, there's a rule of thumb out here that I've learned. There's bike lanes on a vast majority of the roads. But on some of the major streets, there's not. And the you know rule of thumb is you follow you know whatever the traffic laws are you as a bike have to follow and the cars will do the same thing if you're on a lane like they're not going to try to pass you too much um, unless there's a lot of open space in the other lane and they don't bother you as long as you if you can get out of their way get out of their way yeah. so they can go past you but aside from that everyone's copacetic so you stay to the right is the general rule so the cars that are going forty can go past you while you're going fucking ten I'm sorry but I just thought about like the anxiety attack you would have. If a car did not try to go around you, it just stood behind you honking the entire time. It's like, let me through. And I'm like, go around. I'm giving you space. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want where you are right now. Move. I just imagined you would lose your fucking mind. I'm just like sitting there. I'm shaking on the bike. I call you on my headset. I'm like, yo, Jonathan, this car following me. Like, you won't let me off my back. You're I just like, like you should move. Give him your spot, dog. Just, just Tom Brady and bro. Kiss him on the lips. There you go. Um, that solves any situation. So I make this turn. On Wait till the, the next time my dad yells at me. Give him a kiss on the lips. It's like a new. It's it's like a new prank show. I got Tom Brady. <laughs> You, you can only up. do it to your dad. Though. Yeah, you walk up like you. It's like a hidden camera show where we get kids to kiss their dads on the lips. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Who's running this program? Bill Cosby. <laughs> it's like Bill Cosby. It's all sponsored by the Catholic Church. <laughs> and um, pudding. <laughs> snack packs. Go get Tom Brady. Um, it's just we want the Tampa Bay Bucks just hit us up and they're like, "Hey, we're really interested in sponsoring your podcast." <laughs> This week's edition is brought to you by the NFL favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go get Tom Brady. Um, so I'd make this turn off of the road. And so I cut like I, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of traffic. I'm on the left side of the, the road. It's all a one way street with like three lanes of traffic. So I'm like, oh, I'll cut over to the right side. I do the hand signals. I'm a very good biker. Okay. Like I, I do the hand signals when I'm going to turn. I notify them when I'm making a turn or I'm changing lanes. So the cars behind me don't like aren't like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And like accidentally hit me. So you can I never let them know your next move. You do you point left and you turn right, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I make the hand gesture that I'm gonna cut over because there's no turn coming up. So you make the turn gesture, it means you're changing lanes, like your blinker on your phone on your car. Uh-huh. So I make the gesture saying I'm changing lanes. I curve out to change the lane all the way to the right. I look over my shoulder to make sure I'm clear of cars and like there's no one like accidentally gonna hit me. I turn around and it all happened very quickly. There, like, you know how when you have these parking structures, there's like the sidewalk that protrudes out. So the cars on the road, like, or like the cars coming out of the structure have a moment to park and see the traffic before they pull into the the traffic lane. So they have these big sidewalk gaps that give them that space. So a car doesn't accidentally hit them. They'll maneuver around them. And I didn't maneuver around it because I didn't see it fast enough. So I turn my back and I see it. And in my head... It's weird how fast accidents happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in any kind of like major accident, but like, a couple when I felt, shootouts. 
Yeah, what? The hell? That's an accident. That's intentional. <laughs> they started busting their gun on you, but it all happened really quickly. So, like, I've been in a few major accidents, right? I fell through the roof. That that all happened very quickly. Like, from f- taking the step to dropping to waking up, like it was all very quick to the point where I don't remember a lot of it. And so, I see the stoop. I'm like, okay, one of two things is about to happen. Like, either I'm gonna hit that. And my bike is going to have like the shocks to like get over it, like have this, you know what I mean? Get the wheel over onto it. It's just going to be a rough hit mm-hmm. or I'm about to wipe out completely. So there's no time to turn because even if I did make the turn, there's traffic behind me. So if I did try to skeet out of the way of it, I'm going to get hit by a car, which yeah. is going to hurt more than taking this fall. So I can't brake fast enough. So I just take the hit onto the bike. My front tire hits the sidewalk, blows out completely on impact. I go flying over the fucking handlebars. Like I clear, like this is probably like eight to 10 feet wide. This piece of concrete. I cleared over it. Jesus. And landed on the fucking pavement. Did anyone stop? One car stopped. And I'm thankful that that car stopped because I had my phone on like the phone holder on the handles of my bike so I can do use the navigation system to know where I'm going. And when I hit, the phone went flying. My phone didn't break, fortunately, but the phone went flying into traffic on the street. And I saw it and I looked over and I saw a car coming. And I'm just like, either I'm going to be really lucky and it's going to drive right over the phone and miss it or that tire is going to crush my fucking phone. And the guy saw me look at him and he just came to a full stop. And waited for me to like get my bike and get everything off of the road. So I picked up my phone, dragged my bike off the road. But also the whole time, he seemed inconvenienced by my accident. Yeah. Like, like he seemed like fucking asshole. Like this fucking, this is why we can't have fucking bikers on the fucking road. Go bro. to New York, you bitch. You, you fucking, you fucking hipster piece of shit. We drive cars in Texas. Diesel we, we got fuel. Pickup trucks. <laughs> get a horse, you fucking lazy bitch. <laughs> Some guy on a horse just rides by me. He's just like poser. Just keeps going. <laughs> and like, so I completely wipe out. Like my wrist is fucked up. My knee is all swollen up. I had like, you can't even see him anymore because it's starting to turn to scars, but scrapes on my wrist right now. Still my, I, I'm pretty sure I fractured something. At first I thought it was a light sprain because like, I, I know what it's like to fucking break my wrist. I've done it. But like, I could feel all my fingers and like, there's a rule of thumb where like, if you can touch thumb to tip of fingers it's like your wrist probably isn't broken because you have the dexterity to do that Mm -hmm. it's probably a sprain or it's probably like a light hairline fracture hairline fractures you don't necessarily need to cast for you just need to keep the thing immobile so the fracture heals itself it takes a couple weeks so i get up grab my shit drag the most concerning part of the whole thing is like i couldn't get home because i was i rode my bike there and like i'm calling ubers for about an hour and a half and every Uber, I'm like, Uber XL, like, hey, I just need space for my bike in the in the trunk. And they're all like, yeah, I don't have a space long enough for a bike. And they'll just cancel the ride. There was one person who refused to cancel the ride because they're just like, it affects my star rating. And I'm like, I could give a fuck. They're going to charge me. And for about 40 minutes, the ride was still on the phone. Like he was driving 50 miles in the other direction to yeah. go do another pickup, but he couldn't do the other pickup. Until he canceled the ride on my phone. So it was just a game of chicken. We're like, who's going to be the most petty right now and let this ride out. And I'm just like, I ain't getting charged the five fucking $5 fee 
for canceling a ride that's been pending for 40 minutes. Yeah. So like either you're going to take the L in your star rating or you ain't never going to do another Uber ride ever again. <laughs> These, this is the options you have right now. Either your entire income source is destroyed. Glad to know pick- that uh, even in your injury, you're still as petty. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about your Uber shit. So I eventually am able to get the bus. The one thing I will say about like Texas mass transit is one, it's still free in light of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to pay for it. And two, all of the buses, at least in my area, come with bike racks attached to the front. Oh, nice. So once I was able to find where the bus was and figure out the schedule, I just sat there. I had one bus go right past me. It's like, because, fuck I, this guy. Be, because there was no bus. Like there's no, like back home, there's bus stops. And I'd be like, okay, this is the BX16. So you stand here and the 16 comes here and this is the route you're on. Yeah. Here, they're all numbered like one to four. Okay. But but they all stop at similar bus stops so they don't have like hey the one two three and four stop here it's just a a sign that has a b on it and you know that's where a bus stops you just don't know which one that's where the bloods go dog yeah like i'm I'm just like i didn't know where to go and it's like oh you go to this the the trains the bus station over here and it'll be the first stop so i'm looking at my phone and it's like where i'm standing is where the bus should come so i'm standing there and the bus goes by to circle around to start the route again. So I'm like waving at it like, hey, I want to get on. I want to get on. And it just keeps fucking going. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm right here. It's like, doesn't this guy know I'm taken? Jesus. <laughs> get a hint, dog. Fortunately, like the second bus that came was like over there, like pointing in the direction where I had to go. Mm-hmm. And I was able to fucking put the bike on and go. But like the day I schedule the gym, the day I'm feeling confident and good about myself, the day that I enjoy the ride, it's a beautiful weather day. <laughs> I just completely hurt myself. And like, I had a brace on my wrist for a week. I like to right now, my knee with a slight amount of pressure, it hurt today just to bend down in the supermarket to get something on a lower shelf. Yeah. And like, that's a new thing. Cause that hasn't been the case in a week. So I'm pretty sure I fucking broke something in my I fucking mean, Look, you could take it. No in one insurance. Of, you could take it in one of two ways. One, you can be mad about, how the life can how life conspires against you and kicks you in your moment of confidence, or you could take it the second way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we, so we like my misery has been encompassed by like my inability to feel good about myself again, and this is mostly stemming from like you know when I was back home, I was working out three four times a week. Then the move happened, I couldn't work out, I couldn't cook anything, so my fucking food intake changed dramatically. My body is not where I want it to be this fucking emotionally stunted shit from a past relationship you've you went on for like a like a four or five day extended period last week yeah where you just were gone yeah and that always rattles me first and foremost because i'm way too reliant on you emotionally um and when you're not around i'm just like yo who am i gonna bother today how can i breathe without (laughs) you here by myself like we we've talked about this when you do that it just generally worries me and it yeah. probably it's probably my abandonment issues kicking in because i'm like fuck i did something wrong he's finally had enough of me <laughs> like what am i gonna do who's gonna do this fucking podcast with me anymore i don't know who's gonna do this with me anymore who am i gonna game I mean, with? You all, those, got, all you my know, gaming friends are his friends you always gotta know that like whenever i do it it's not like i'm intentionally like i'm still got my phone out and i'm just like yeah fuck thomas i turn my <laughs> phone off like that's yeah, literally. I know. I know. Ra- this is like rationally, I get that. Like I'm sitting there, and like after the first day, I'm like, okay, he's taking time away. 
But after day like three, I'm like, you know, this is the longest it's been in forever. <laughs> like usually it's like 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. At day three, four, I'm like, oh, this man killed himself. Like he finally fucking did it. He's got to give me a round of applause. I'm proud of I'm, him. I'm just like, I'm not, his mom not going to text me anytime <laughs> about this. She's got a whole ass funeral to plan for her son. I mean, she's not going to be like, let me bother Thomas with this news. I, I'd have to assume that you would either have to get the information from my cousin or Josh. Yeah, like I have to be playing Overwatch. Like me and your brother be playing Overwatch a week and a half later. Yeah, he's finally like, got his mic on. Yeah, and like we're playing. He's like, oh, by the way, my brother killed himself. And I'm just like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, your funeral was two days ago. It was crazy, man. Yo, can you play D.Va this round, though? So we can make sure we really get in this, get our, our competitive rank up. That's exactly how that would go. It's <laughs> like, damn. But. What, if I may ask, or if you, if you care enough to share with the class, what what was the thing that because you don't you don't have triggers? Yeah. So when when something is triggered, it's again, it's like with your emotions. You don't say nice things. So when you say nice nice things, it means something. So you don't have triggers. So when something does trigger, it's, it's a deep all thing. encompassing. Yeah, yeah. I think I had been talking to my therapist a few weeks prior. Where you fucked up first. <laughs> don't talk to your therapist <laughs> you don't talk to them they can't tell you you're doing anything wrong i had i had talked to her about just like i'm in the middle of making like some drastic life changes uh and and doing a lot of things that i had not basically becoming a functioning member of society again it sucks don't it yeah and it was like before that i had all this availability and people were using that time you know like uh they they were using that time and i wasn't really doing anything so i was happy to give them the time but once i started incorporating all these changes i realized i don't have this time and people are still looking at me as if i have this time and it was just you know it's, it's been a really trying time for a lot of people and a lot of people were it felt like at the same time i was going through all this pressure with myself to put myself out there and take risk and make these big changes it kind of felt like a lot of people in my life hit a wall and they all turned to me at the same time for some sort of relief. And it was like, I didn't want to leave anyone high and dry. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, like try to give a little bit of myself to everyone and to myself. And I got really overwhelmed. And like, when that happened, it was just like, like I couldn't do anything like the the stuff I was doing for myself kind of stopped. And I was just like, okay, I just, I, I, I need to hit pause on life. So like we, we've talked about this and this is something, and, and, and it's something I'm vocal about mostly because like, I get it. Right. Like I understand the feeling of being overwhelmed in a different way. Cause like no one talks to me, so I don't get overwhelmed by people. Yeah. I get overwhelmed by like the sheer, again, it's my bipolar. It's, I want to do everything. But I hit a manic phase where like my manic phases manifest with I want to do everything and I have all the time to do everything, but there's so much to do. I can't pick what to do. And then I get depressed and then I shut down because I'm like, I can't handle all of this. And so you and I, I I've said this to you before, where it's like sometimes like I'm in really dark places and like I'll just want a game or bullshit for a distraction. And like I'll be hitting you up and like days later, I'll be like, yeah, I just really wanted to play the other day because I was feeling like shit. And like i just wanted something to distract me and you're just like why didn't you just say that and so like here is where it comes in where i'm like that's why i don't just say that yeah i don't know like it, it i don't i can't say because it was like i don't i don't want to suck the hmm, i do want to suck um i don't i don't i know that your 
a i know that our relationship one can be overwhelming for you because i don't leave you the fuck alone and i know i don't do that which is why i try i try to like not bombard you with like phone calls as much lately or i try not to bombard you with like my emotional shit unless it's like i know it's the middle of the night you can't sleep and no one's bothering you and i'm just like yeah i'm writing this letter this is how i'm feeling what do you think versus like let's have a deep three-hour conversation i'm just texting you like hey what do you think about this revelation yeah and my brain is just always just like all right don't like my therapist is my old therapist was just like, I need to learn to do that shit for myself, right? Not always seek the distractions out. So it's a combination of trying to do that for me, but also like understand where it's like, yeah, Jonathan doesn't have all this time in the world. Don't bother him with shit, but you'll come back with like, nah, if you need that, just let me know. And that's why I don't let you know when that's happening because I don't want personally on my end of things i don't want our friendship to be a burden to you because of that shit nor do i want you to feel like you have to take breaks from everything because of some of the stress or pressure that i might be putting on you know what i mean i i I don't think that was uh like I, i i don't place the blame on anyone for that i think that was it was me it was it was a learning curve of learning what my limitations are you know like because my limitations obviously have adjusted but it's also like uh me being able to say no every now and then you know like people came to me and you know like people don't know what i'm going through you didn't know what i was going through you know what i mean like you didn't know how how hard i was juggling i never had that conversation with you so i don't expect you to know but it's up to me to say like hey i can handle this or hey i can't handle this and i wasn't doing that for a long time i was just saying yeah to everyone and i'm like okay i can no longer do that that's going to bring an end to this week's edition of This is a Podcast. Part two will be out next week. Jonathan, he's got family. He loves, he wants to fucking spend time with them. So we got to do a two-part fucking episode where like he's gone so we can make sure we have fucking content for you guys. But no, I wanted to release a two-hour show because I love you guys. And I want to give you guys good content. But no, Jonathan's like, my family, I love them. I got to go visit them. I can't record around them. Yo, Jonathan, your family should be making time for you to do work. This is your job. My sister just died. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan, I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, That was a podcast. All right, Pizzle. (laughs) Oh my God, Charlie. Yes. What you guys have just heard was a bunch of spoken word on a podcast that's finishing right now. Even though it's ending, we still thank you all for spending some time with this podcast. Goodbye, so long and ciao. That was a podcast, and this is the end theme to the podcast that's currently ending. That was a podcast. That was a podcast. That was a podcast. This is a podcast. 